Welcome to Next Gen U. My name is John Kovach Jr., motivational speaker, accountability coach, and serial entrepreneur. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message to help you become next gen in every area of your life. Thanks for joining the community of achievers and accepting the role as our world's next geners. Enjoy this episode's content. Coming to you from the Wasatch back of Silicon Slopes, this is John Kovach Jr. Hey, I'm super excited to introduce to you today's content, and I apologize in advance for the sound quality. I do get into my vehicle, but I challenged myself to make sure that I'm being productive when I travel or when I drive, whether that be listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, or jumping on the phone and making some phone calls. But recently, I've gotten into the habit of sharing what's on my mind and to get out all the 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 information and content that I just have flooding through my brain at all the time and uh, I wanted to share with you uh, basically a monologue or a rant you will call it that I had in the vehicle while I was driving and commuting to one of my meetings and this was a really fun and inspirational section of my life because I was sharing with you a recent dream that I had that has been plaguing my mind for so long that I just had to share it with the listeners so I'm really excited for you to gain this content um, and I'm looking forward to your engagement afterwards would really appreciate it if you give me a five-star review or if you just left some comments and some reviews for people to learn more about this podcast and to learn more about me because I believe that the content I'm sharing with you is going to provide invaluable resources and opportunities for you in the rest of your uh, in the rest of your life. So um, we're going to get right into it. So uh, again, um, please do apologize for the, uh, the the background noise, but I have done my best to clean up that sound so that you can get the best quality content. Here's John Kovacs Jr., myself, talking about never settling for mediocrity. Look, I've been putting this off way too long and uh, it's about time that I started telling the world exactly what I've been thinking because I feel like there's a place in the world for this message. I I had a dream recently and the dream was fascinating. Essentially what happened is we all lived in a world where we were controlled by devices and the biggest device of them all, the television, that device was causing brain damage. In fact, it was influencing human brains so strongly that humans were unable to control what they felt, what they thought, and their actions. The the thought behind this dream was fascinating to me because it reminded me of the complacency that the world has come to. It has reminded me of the victim mentality and the low life mindsets that we've all just developed over time. And what frustrates me 
the most is when people say, oh, I don't got time. Or, oh man, I'm just too busy. Or, man, I'm so exhausted at the end of the day, I just wanna sit down and read a book. No, I'm just kidding, people don't do that. <laughs> but they say to themselves, I just wanna watch some television, and then they watch a few hours, and then they head to bed. And then that's their day. But then they complain the next morning, I don't have enough time. I don't know have enough resources. I don't have enough energy in the day to get everything done. I complain, I can't pay my bills. I can't do certain things that other people can because I just don't have it in me or I don't, I'm not, I don't have money. I'm not rich. I can't do certain things. Now, this dream was really crazy because I know that there's been this craze about zombies and apocalyptic worlds and so forth and I, I think that stuff is fascinating only because it puts humans in a place where they have to rely on something other than a screen other than a Google search engine other than something that they can do with their fingers and their face <laughs> and when I mean face I mean their eyes and so forth this dream was really interesting because in the dream, we were all beginning to notice how our friends couldn't even control how they behaved or even carry on a conversation because they were so enthralled with their screens. The television had a baby and it was called a, an iPhone or a cell phone and the screen was so addictive that these people couldn't progress couldn't achieve anything and they were all part of this conglomerate of of uh, um, individuals who are in, who were infected by its by its strength and its power i <clears throat> i was amongst a group of people in this dream who decided that the screen must go <laughs> and i've never been one to to join or to even think about being part of a cult or some sort of extremist group, but I have been one to stand down, sorry, to stand up for what I believe in and for someone who can stand up and stand up for what they believe in. I, I felt that it was right to run around with hammers and, and uh, um, shovels and anything sharp and heavy, anything that could do damage and we were bashing in screens. We were bashing in screens. We were running around the streets of New York City, I'm gonna call it because that's what I vaguely remember in my dream. And we're bashing in every screen that we could find. And we were yelling freedom. And we were asking people to bash their screens and to throw them on the ground. If people gave, didn't give it up willingly, we would politely, <laughs> politely show them that they were going to be free if they could rid themselves of the screens. We warned people that the plague was being spread through this activity of watching screens, watching television. And it comes out, and it, and, and it turns out in this dream too that there were some retaliators. The retaliators were those selling the screens. They were the ones selling the televisions. They were the ones who were making these devices, controlling media, providing uh, um, um, television shows, sitcoms, news channels, media channels, 
these were the people who were retaliating against our efforts because these were the people who were controlling the world. They were keeping everybody from, a, from obtaining certain levels of wealth and knowledge and expertise. These were the people that were having the most difficulty understanding that what they were doing was wrong. Now this dream is interesting to me because it comes from a perspective and how I grew up. I, I, I for one love the ability that I have to control a lot of my work and a lot of my business from a phone, from a computer, from a laptop, from um, screens. Uh, but but the, the irony of this is that people have become so complacent. They have become so uh, accepting of normality and uh, mediocrity and of things that just do not matter. I absolutely hate mediocrity. I have always I have always woken up hoping for more, excited for a new day, exciting to, excited to do something different and to have a great great life. I typically don't wake up in the mornings and dread the day. I'm usually excited about what I'm gonna be doing. Even if it's hard work, or even if it's something that's difficult, I don't settle for mediocrity. And it's, in fact, that's the name of my alarm every morning I wake up. I wake up to something inspirational, uh, some sort of peaceful music, something that can set my day off right. But I've never, never dreaded the day. Um, and I can only remember a few times in my life where maybe there was a day I dreaded. And that had to do with fear or something that, that I had no control over. Um, maybe it was because I was extremely tired and sore. Uh, I remember the biggest failure in my life, which was how I did not win the state championship in the 800 meter dash as a track and field runner. And I woke up the next day dreading the fact that I had to face my classmates at school who were cheering me on, who were rooting for me, who were hoping that I could do something great. And they believed in me more than I believed in myself. And that's exactly why I lost that race. But to, to get to the moral of this, I, I had this dream that, that we were all addicted to screens and some of us started a revolt and that revolt was bashing in screens because we knew that if we would all stay away from the screens but we delved deeper into books or into education or to helping each other or to being more uplifting and to finding better ways to live a life and, and to encourage each other of inspiration that we could fulfill our greatest dreams. And that was something that has always empowered me. And this dream was fascinating. And I believe, you know, unless someone beats me to the punch, which I challenge you to beat me to the punch, but I'm gonna write a book about this because I think that this dream was something incredible. But, but I wanna tell you that my life growing up, I never had any big screen TVs. Okay, my family wasn't relatively uh, wealthy. We were, uh, you know, your typical middle-class suburban family that were able to afford decent things, enough to go on a trip every now and then, uh, enough to eat fast food every now and then, but not every day. In fact, my parents had to both work a job um, in order to pay the bills and to um, get food on the table and to help us feel like we were having a wonderful, wonderful life. And how grateful I am for my family and for all that they've done. 
Now, given all of that, it's ironic to me with this dream that I had that everyone was addicted to screens because this is the way I grew up. I grew up knowing that if you had a big television, AKA a big screen TV, and when I grew up, uh, the big screen TVs weren't these flat plasma screens that we have now, which are pretty fascinating and awesome, but the, the, the TVs that we had that were big screens were those giant boxes that weighed like over a thousand pounds. Those guys, you needed like six men to come and, and uh, wheel those into your house. And oh, if you wanted it in the basement, oh good luck, because you're not gonna get it through the door. These things were so big. And what fascinates me is in this dream, I was, I, I was dreaming that it wasn't just the big screens, but that the big screens were the lure into helping people, you know, uh, um, feel like they were gaining something. You know, they were they were being, they were feeling gratified gratified by their actions by watching a television, as if it was some sort of addiction, uh, just much like uh, um, ecstasy or cocaine. They were they were constantly feeling like they can gain more by watching the screens and that's why they watched and watched and watched and some of them withered away, uh, sorry, some of the people withered away as they watched more and more, um, watching their health go down, um, their uh, inability to uh, control what they, you know, thought, felt and, and, and so forth and their actions or behaviors. I grew up, and I know this is a little bit back and forth, but the reason why this is ironic to me is I grew up not having large big screen TVs, okay? And my understanding growing up was if you had a big screen TV that you were well off, you had wealth, you had money, you had the ability, and you know what? Having a big screen TV to me was a luxury, was man, I have made it. I can't, I can't watch TV uh, and, and enjoy it from a big screen, something that's like incredibly luxurious, like a like a large television, until I've earned it. And that's the mentality that I had growing up. My grandparents had one of those big box, big screen TVs, and every time we go to grandma and grandpa's house, I would enjoy the luxury of watching their television, no matter what it was. If it was the news, if it was a movie, uh, if it was uh, watching sports with them on Sunday, uh, whatever it was, it was a luxury because they had earned it. And you know, I grew up looking looking forward to buying a big screen TV saying, oh man, I, I can't wait till I can afford one of these. This is a luxury. I will have to earn this. And I went on my life watching television from a tiny little TV, okay? The one you, you have to get up and push the button to actually have it turn on because you know, it, it was so old it didn't even have a controller. It was that old. Okay, sometimes I had, you know, we had one that you had to dial on, and that was kind of fun too. But, but this is interesting because the television to me was a luxury. Once you had obtained a certain amount of wealth and could afford a luxury like a television, then you had the opportunity to sit down and enjoy that. But until you reach that point, you need to earn it. And that's how I grew up. 
okay? I, I will admit, everyone, I, I love te television. I've watched a lot of TV shows. It has molded my brain. It has helped me in my creativity, and it was also influenced me for bad and good. You know, it has gotten me into certain addictions that I was involved in as a kid. It was a perpetual driver for some of my emotions and feelings. It was something that influenced how I behaved uh, around around girls and women. Uh, it was something that taught me, you know, this is this is what's right, this is what's wrong. Television raised us in a way. You know, I found humor and entertainment in television. I, I enjoy television. And what I enjoy the most when I watch television is getting sucked into something like a game, uh, watching uh, sports or so forth. That that has always intrigued me. But I know that doesn't intrigue other people. But it's just getting involved in the emotion behind something. Okay. I've wasted a ton of hours in my life watching television, watching um, sitcoms, TV shows, and uh, um, dramas. Um, all of these things um, have uh, have influenced my life at some degree. So what's ironic about this is I grow up living a lifestyle knowing that uh, big screen TV or even TV in general to be able to sit down and enjoy it without worry or care is a luxury. So going back to the dream now, if, if everybody now aspires to watching these screens because it's going to bring them that, that feeling of luxury of, of wow, yeah, this is, this is, this is great. This is going to be fulfilling. Well, that's, that's exactly what happened. Everyone believed that I am entitled to watch a screen. I, I can watch a big screen and you know what? They're making screens more accessible. So, Hey, here you go. A uh, big screen for you, big screen for you. Uh, even if I can't afford it, I'm going to buy a big screen and pay for it over time because it's what I want and I deserve this. And that's what the world has come to everybody. That is what the world has come to. Television is no longer a luxury. It's no longer something you can enjoy because you made it. Now, there are people who have great big screens, plasma screens. I've heard that there's a screen uh, with, you know, kind of like a fiberglass that is as thick as a, um, you know, quarter inch. And you can basically paste it up against your wall uh, and it has one core. Like there's some fascinating technologies out there, some incredible things. And you know what? Somebody can afford it because they put in the time, they put in the work, and it's theirs. And they can enjoy that luxury, if that's the way they want to enjoy their luxuries. I, I, I'm, I love this idea, and I love this fascination because it's something that intrigues me beyond, beyond the typical uh, uh, subjects of, of philosophy and and uh, um, mindset. Uh, what, what I'm really trying to say is that the, when, when you have put your mind to something, you can achieve anything. But when you allow certain behaviors to take over, okay, to believe that you own a luxury because you deserve it even though you have not put in the work, then that takes over. You become complacent. Mediocrity becomes your middle name. Hey, in fact, uh, mediocrity moved in next door and you're friends with them. Oh, and look, uh, um, you're going to settle for a mediocre job because that's what everyone does. And that's what you see on the media. That's what you see on television. It's okay to work a mediocre life. It's okay to have a mediocre family. 
It's okay to eat mediocre foods and have mediocre habits. They're going to create mediocre uh, illnesses, and those illnesses are going to kill you mediocrity, kill you with mediocrity. Now, that may sound extreme, but I want you all to know, I'm not saying don't don't have televisions, <laughs> and I'm not saying go bash your television in, and I'm not saying that you don't deserve something like a television. That's not what I'm saying. But if you listen to the theme of this, this quick discussion, you will recognize that there are behaviors that you've innately described, that you've developed, and those behaviors have created complacency in your life. It's time to let go, it's time to earn something, and it's time to begin. Now let me, let me try this. Every morning when you wake up, you have a choice. And that's a, it's a very split second choice. The second that that alarm clock goes off, you make a choice. You have split milliseconds to say to yourself whether you're gonna get in or out of bed. I'm sorry, you have milliseconds to get out of bed or to allow the voices in your head tell you that it's too cold or it's too, you're too tired, you're too weak, you didn't get enough sleep, that you're gonna have a bad day. All those voices are racing against you who is either going to choose to turn off that alarm get out and start the day with the right the right step with the right foot in front or remain in bed to hit that snooze button you have milliseconds to make this decision you have a choice right away every morning every day the first seconds of your day you barely even have a second to react because you're faced with these complacent thoughts imagine waking up every morning Knowing that you've made it, knowing that every day you're going to work hard, that you're going to labor. Yeah, you're going to breathe hard. Yeah, you're going to sweat. You may even feel some pain. You may even feel something that that will be uncomfortable. But I promise you that that's what life is all about. That is what is living. Being able to feel your blood pump, to be able to feel your heart rate raise because you've put in work, because you've gotten up, you've done something hard. Every time I choose to work out, which is not always easy, I feel better. Immediately, I, I feel better because I've done something hard. And then I can enjoy the luxury of resting. Or then I can enjoy feeling like I did something. And that comes with reward that comes with something that you can't replace. Imagine waking up and the first thing that comes to your head is today's gonna be a great day. You look over at your beautiful spouse, you kiss him, you get up, you stretch, maybe do some prayer, maybe do some meditation, 
throw on your clothes, you run to that gym, you do something exciting, you make yourself breathe really hard, okay, you're drinking water, you're filling yourself with great things all day, before you know it, you can't even control, you can't even, you can't even control this train, it's so positive, it's so exciting, it has so much momentum that you blink and you're already at your work, well-dressed, smelling good, doing something you love, laboring hard, not even thinking about the hard stuff that you had just done this morning. Imagine that, every morning, waking up, and then in the blink of an eye, you're doing exactly what you want every single day. Those are the days I look forward to. Those are the days that I envy. And that's why I wake up. That's why I don't settle for mediocrity. And that's why I try and fix my, men's, my, my mentality and my mindset so that I can be victorious to enjoy luxuries of life and to be who I want to be, to live a dream. Now, if you can't develop right now, if you can't fix that mindset when you wake up every morning, I want you to think of something. And I, I don't know if I can reenact this. I don't know if I can do a good job. I will try. But I want to do this with all my love as a coach, as a speaker, as somebody who can help you. I want to do this from the bottom of my heart, help you find a way. I was empowered by a video that I once watched, ironic, uh, behind screen again, where a football team was doing what they like to call bear crawls. And bear crawls is essentially where you have all limbs, all fours, down on the ground and you're crawling like a bear. But they do this with some weight, usually with someone on their back or something, something to hold them back, some sort of resistance so that they can feel the pressure, feel the weight, feel the burn. And you know what? They bear crawl for, for 50, 100 yards and back. It is one of the most painful exercises I've ever endured. And I watched this video where a, a member of the team who was lazy but claimed to be a leader, somebody who wasn't putting in the work but walked onto the field every day as a captain, was selling themselves short. And you know what? Their coach got in his face. He said, you can do it. You're gonna do a bear crawl 100 yards. But not even then. I'm going to make sure you go until you fall, until you can no longer go. And this guy felt cocky, he felt pretty excited. He's like, oh, that's easy, I can do that. And he started to go, but he had to put someone on his back and he started pulling him. And it was interesting because this guy who was bear crawling fell 15 yards in, said, I'm tired. And the coach was yelling at him saying, you don't quit. You're not a quitter. You're the kind of person who wins. You're the kind of person who gets up. You're the kind of person who, who, who fights with pain, who, who eats pain for breakfast, who does all these things. You're the kind of person who does not quit. 
And it was that information. It was those simple sayings that got this kid up again crawling. He went another 10 yards, started to fall, started to complain, started to cry a little bit. He could feel the sweat. He could feel the burn. And the coach still yells into him, you don't quit. You're not a quitter. You can keep going. I believe in you. This team believes in you. You can keep going. And he did. He got up again and he kept going. Another five yards. He's starting to labor really hard. It's really, really, really hurting. Okay? Coach yells at him again. You're not a quitter. You don't quit. This isn't you. You can do more. You can do it. You are you are big. You are strong. You don't quit. You're gonna do this for this team. You're gonna carry this entire team across the field. He gets up again. He goes another few yards. And before you know it, he's forgetting. He's forgetting how to feel pain. He's deciding, I can do anything. And before you know it, he's not even, he's not even on the field anymore. He's crawled 150 yards plus. He's past the end zone. He's on the track. He's about to run into the fence. And before he knows it, the entire team is behind him. And all he needed was someone cheering for him to let him know that he wasn't going to settle for mediocrity. Everyone else on the team could give up. Oh, I'm tired, it hurts. I've done my stride, I've gone 10 yards, I'm done. No, this kid, he forgot how far he was going and he just went and went and went and crawled and went as far as he possibly could. And I get a little emotional, a little choked up by this. And I know it's kind of crazy because it's just, it's just, it's just a story, guys. But let me tell you, anything is possible when you put your mind to it. He was tired. He fell 15 yards in and ended up going over 150. I, I want to sum all this up because, look, you are powerful beyond measure. The only thing holding you back is you. Uh, as, a, as a child growing up, I had the opportunity to uh, begin backpacking with my father in the Wind River Mountain Range in Wyoming. Keep that a secret because we don't want anyone else going there. It's our, it's our little safe haven on earth. And as we were backpacking, my first time at eight years old, I go up for the first half mile and my calves start to cramp. My knees are hurting. My, my ankles are burning. I've never felt that pain before in my entire life. And instead of turning around, giving up, or letting me cry, my dad picked me up with my backpack on, shoved me up against a, of a rock, and he said, John, you are a Kovach. We don't whine, we don't complain, we push through pain, and everything's gonna be okay. You're gonna make it to the top, and it's gonna be beautiful. We don't complain, we don't cry, and pain is temporary. I remember these things, and I've always lived my life in that, in that way. I'm a Kovach, I'm a John, and we don't complain. We don't live our life whining and moping and crying about what we do, what we feel, and what's wrong. We push through the pain and we make it work. Since that day, I've learned to be able to run up and down those mountains. In fact, we've taken so many of our friends up there, Boy Scouts included, and I've run up the mountain. I've, I've run up the mountain, dropped my 70 pound bag off, 
ran back down the mountain, went to the last person who's up the uh, coming up the trail, picked up their bag, ran back up to the to the camp, dropped their bag off, and would run back and see how many more people I could do before everyone got back to base camp. I would do that. Oh yeah, and it's twelve. Or, sorry, it's eight miles one way. So I'm putting in at least twenty miles in the first day, just so that I could feel that pain again, just so that I could help people get up there because I remember that day that my dad picked me up and said you're a Kovach you don't complain you will make it it will be fine and that has always touched me and it always it has always empowered me to do better be better and so forth I I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for this story and I wanted to just share this with you and I know that this can help a lot of people look I can be your coach. I can help you feel that when you fall on 15 yards, that really what you're feeling is mediocrity. And don't settle. Pick it up and go until you die. Because I believe, I, I promise you, you will not die. I promise you that the pain is temporary and you will be surprised at how much you can actually do. You don't know how powerful you are. You don't know how strong you actually are. In fact, it will surprise you at how strong you really are.